It's Tuesday. That means it's time for another Fenway Rundown. I'm your host, Chris Cotillo from Mass Live here at the lovely Tropicana Field in St. Petersburg, Florida. Red Sox are about to take on the Rays in the second game of a four-game series. Uh, but I think by the time this drops, it'll probably be mid-game or post-game. So not going to get into tonight's game because I'm not a fortune teller. But did have a really nice sit-down conversation with Josh Winkowski from the Red Sox today. Pretty interesting guy. You know, I think kind of a forgotten guy heading into this season uh, after really struggling in his major league debut a year ago. Got a lot of starts and, and really did not put up the numbers he wanted and decided to attack it this offseason. We've seen the results so far. He's been a great long reliever out of Boston's bullpen. Our Chris Smith sat down with him and talked to him for a feature uh, last week and decided to uh, put it in podcast form today. So enjoyed catching up with Josh. You'll hear that in a few minutes. Uh, he Kind of made headlines last year for talking about Wrigley Field as a stock standard ballpark. So, of course, had to ask him about that and his impressions of Tropicana Field, which he actually really likes. So, um, good catching up with Josh. Uh, Want to recap some Red Sox news before we really get started with that. A tough weekend, I think, for the Red Sox in Detroit. As tough as it gets when you sweep a team. Adam Duvall, who was the best player for the Red Sox earlier in the season, obviously going down with a wrist injury. We know now it's broken. It's not going to require surgery, but that's still a very tough blow for a Red Sox team that has not hit, I think, at the level that they've wanted over the last week or so. We're seeing struggles from a lot of right-handed hitters, whether that be Kike Hernandez, Christian Arroyo, even Justin Turner really not himself so far. So the loss of Duvall in the middle of that lineup I think is a big one, and I think it speaks to the roster construction and some flaws that you know I think are pretty apparent with the way this team was built, especially up the middle. And Trevor Story, everybody knows he's going to be out for a long time. Adalberto Mondesi, he's on the 60-day injured list, so he's going to be out at least until June 1st. That left the Red Sox short up the middle. Kike Hernandez moved to short. They signed Adam Duvall to play center, and now Adam Duvall being out, it's going to be a mix and match. We've seen Rob Refsnyder in the lineup the last couple of days. He's going to start against lefties, and the Red Sox are going to be facing a lot of them here in the next week. Uh, I think one more here in St. Pete and then four straight over the weekend against the Angels. Rob Refsnyder is going to be starting a lot against lefties. Rymel Tapia is going to get some run in center against righties. And then kind of that's where the mix and match starts. Kike Hernandez is going to go out there and play some. There's some days that they're going to you know, get creative at shortstop. That might be Yu Chang. That might be on select occasions Christian Arroyo. Sounds like in an emergency. That could be Bobby Dahlbeck, who is up from AAA. And then Jaron Duran, I think in a week or so, is going to get some a chance to come up, probably replace Dahlbeck on the roster once they start facing righties again. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Alex Cora, you know, really gets that that order and that lineup together. Other news today, Cutter Crawford is sent down by the Red Sox after a pretty good start in Detroit the other day. Um, I think that comes as a little bit of a surprise because of how well he pitched, but the Red Sox want to preserve depth. They want him to you know, be stretched out and be ready to come back to the rotation if need be. And the Red Sox are getting healthy. Garrett Whitlock making his season debut tonight. Brian Bayo, James Paxton on the mend. And, you know, the Red Sox are going to have some roster crunch decisions and tough decisions to make in the coming weeks. Does James Paxton take a rotation spot? Seems like Bayo will. You know, no room for Cutter Crawford, and they want to preserve that depth at AAA. So the way Winkowski is pitched, I think, helps make that decision for them. You know, Winkowski stays in the bullpen as the long guy. Cutter Crawford goes back to AAA. Not a knock on Crawford. He did his job the other day in Detroit and has generally, you know, had moments where he's looked really good in the big leagues, but they want him to stay and keep starting and be ready if the call arises. Josh Winkowski stays in the majors, and now... He appears on the Fenway Rundown. So hope you enjoy the interview with Josh. Uh, pretty candid and interesting guy on the team and one who has been 
for the pitching staff at least, one of the early stars of the season for the Red Sox. Obviously, you know, I think your start to the season has been one of the real bright spots for this team. Um, what, in your mind, has made you so successful this first, you know, 10 games, five outings? Um, I think it's kind of a mix of a few things, mentally and physically. Kind of worked on a lot in the offseason, a few mechanical changes. And then, um, you know, last year sometimes I think I got away from just worrying about the next pitch and was kind of worrying about some that already happened or kind of like what potentially could happen or whatnot, just kind of getting out of the moment. So this year just been really in the moment, just taking it a pitch at a time and um, just trying to execute pitch after pitch and then letting what happens, happens. Do you feel, and obviously I think every guy who comes up as a starter, develops as a starter, their goal is to, you know, be in the majors and be a starter. Do you feel like, you know, the bullpen is a place that you can thrive where stuff could be a tick up where you can kind of have that attack mentality? Yeah, I think I kind of even myself um i think velo's up a little bit so far this year even i think myself i'm kind of wondering if it's bullpen or whatnot i do think um even in spring the ball was coming out a little bit easier in longer outings four or five innings so um i think was going to throw a little bit i think would have thrown a little bit harder this year regardless of where i was at but definitely bullpen makes it easier and then um obviously you know truthfully this is not a team that i'm not too upset about starting with i mean you know the veterans that you have at the front and then obviously the young talent Whitlock and Houck and you know even you know the guys that are down there in AAA or whatever that are coming up so um, not the worst team to be in the bullpen for Um, certainly I mean Sale, Pavetta and Kluber you know those guys have all done extremely well for a long time so um, yeah feeling pretty good in the bullpen. You I think in spring training talked about you know the mental side of you really took what happened last year hard obviously there was ups and downs um what part of the, how much of the offseason was trying to like clear your head from that and how much of it was trying to like have that kind of light a fire and push you to change some things and stuff like that yeah I think it kind of was a balance of not overdoing it and being too tough on yourself but definitely kind of let their let a little bit stay with me throughout the offseason and you know like you said kind of fuel the fire a little bit um you know I think there was some times last year where I felt really happy with how I was doing and then there were some times where it was you know pretty unhappy with how things were you know um hit a couple rough patches but um yeah definitely went into the offseason kind of with some things in mind that I needed to change and um definitely kind of let some of the failures last year kind of fuel me through the offseason and put the put the work in and how long did it take to to flush those things or have you still not fully because they use it to drive you I guess I mean, I honestly, I think even like heading into spring training, there was still like, you know, kind of the thought of it. Um, and like I said, I think, you know, definitely some anger at points, frustration, but uh, as spring training kind of approached, I think I got into a healthy spot with it and, you know, kind of just let it fuel me. But um, yeah, definitely even like as spring, a week or days before spring training, definitely was still like, hey, like, got to be on top of things this year. So, I mean, Guys talk about the learning curve from double A AA to triple A is what it is, but from triple A to the majors is a whole other thing. And you know, you kind of did that on the fly throughout last season. What's the, what are the things I guess on and off the field you learned about yourself the most throughout that process and, and spending so much time up here? Yeah, I think you up here sometimes it's easy to ride the roller coaster per se. You know, like I said last year, sometimes I was doing well and 
don't want to say you get complacent, but you're definitely riding a little bit high. And then I know certainly last year when kind of hit a couple of roadblocks, I definitely was riding really low and didn't do a kind of let it snowball and didn't do a good job of getting out of that. So I think kind of this year, regardless, you know, even right now, kind of been doing better, but kind of just staying even keel. Um, it's kind of how I've been approaching it. So just kind of staying in the middle and, you know, there's going to be bump, there's going to be good times, there's going to be bad times and just kind of how you handle it. Definitely. Were you a guy, a lot of guys who come up also say this, right? Like there's a lot of media coverage. You read things, people are tweeting at you, all that type of stuff. Do you ever get caught up in, I don't know, fans tweeting at you or st reading stuff, anything like that? Um, yeah, I think it kind of when it first started, you know, when it first came around last year, yeah, uh, wasn't, you know, AAA, people really aren't tweeting at you all that much. So definitely kind of had to turn a few notifications off here and there. Like my, if you Twitter notifications are off for sure and whatnot. So um, kind of uh, later last year and then heading into this year, I've got it at a good spot because all that stuff only does only does negative. You know, I like I said, I think even good and bad, seeing good stuff and bad stuff can kind of oddly have like a negative effect. So yeah, kind of have that all all that stuff flushed out mm -hmm. this year, and I think it's making a big difference. How exciting is it for you to be part of this like wave of young arms? You mentioned you know Whitlock and how obviously Bayo and, and you've seen the guys coming up, whether it be Walter or Mata. Like it feels like this organization for the first time has. A ton of young arms that can really make an impact, and whether you know from trades like you or homegrown, like is that exciting to be part of? Oh yeah, for sure. I think even you know heading into spring training, obviously wasn't sure where where I'd kind of start the year, but I definitely there was kind of a thought of even if I did start in AAA. I mean, I think you know there was the AAA rotation is nasty for sure, and then um, already, and then I think obviously you know there was like a thought that I you know if I was there, I mean we could add like five really really good arms there and then I think even the you know, bullpen down there is uh, really good as well so um, it's definitely exciting and I think we all kind of like in a healthy way push each other um, you know Cutter and I push each other last year and then this year and mm -hmm. then you know I mean Mata and Bayo and um, you know Murph and all those I mean they're those guys are really really good and I think you know in some way they'll whether it's the Red Sox or another team I mean they're definitely going to help a big league team someday. Uh, kind of a different topic, but last year, you know, I think those of us who cover the team were struck by you, uh, kind of unlike some other guys that come up as rookies, you were really yourself in interviews and, and pretty candid and, and stuff like that and tried to, you know, be pretty honest instead of a lot of the cliches we always hear. Is that something that's important to you, to be just kind of like, I don't know, let it fly or be candid, things like that? Yeah, I think I think there's a balance with it. Um you know, obviously, some obviously last year sometimes was a little bit too truthful at times. Um, <laughs> I definitely heard about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think kind of coming up, I kind of had a thought of you know you definitely some of the answers that the guys give up here get a little cookie cutter, I guess you could say. But mm -hmm. I also understand it now 100%. You know, um, after going through it. But uh, yeah, definitely tried to bring a little bit of uh, truth and realist realness to um, last year. And but I think with anything, it's in there's always a moderation to it. Was hearing from Cubs fans a learning point for you in, in uh, July? Yeah, I, I think, you know, definitely was, um, you know, I kind of found it humorous, you know. I right. think, you know, it's all a good sport. I mean, obviously they, you know, die for our diehard Cubbies fans and, you know, just how Red Sox fans are diehard. And, you know, I, either way you respect it. Um, but. Yeah, they, they stayed on me pretty good through the whole year. I think even, you know, like when the year had finished, there was uh, 
you know, got a couple like nice year blank blank or not so nice <laughs> words or whatever. So uh, props to them. They stayed with it throughout the year. So, yeah, well, you stick by the Wrigley Field as stock standard comment or? Well, like I said, I kind of the mistake I think I made is not distinct. Like the fans there are phenomenal. Yeah. I think you know all. I think we played three games there, and like all three games were sold out, and the crowd interaction was phenomenal. You know, it's kind of just speaking architecturally, Fenway to Wrigley right. to me felt a little bit different, but it probably should have been a little bit more careful with distinguishing that. But uh, yeah, the fans there were uh, great. I know you spent last thing. I know you spent spent a lot of your life in Florida, and you know I don't know if you came here as a kid, but. Your impressions of Tropicana Field, if you have any. Uh, personally, I really like Tropicana. I, <laughs> I like I like domes. I like the Rogers Center. I like uh, Houston setup. Um, you kind of you know never have to worry about rain, and then you kind of know what uh, you know. I like the you know what temperature it's going to be here every day, mm-hmm. and I like the dome. It's kind of like very soothing for me. Um, yeah, and then the end of the they get a decent. I think kind of the fans. You know, people underestimate the fans here. You know, I think you know. Kind of get a good crowd here, so uh, personally, yeah, I'm a big fan of Tropicana personally. So at some point, we're gonna do the Josh Winkowski one through thirty ballpark rankings. I think it might be a little different than what other people have. Yeah, yeah, no, Wrigley won't be too far down. I, it definitely was uh, a special place, but um, just in my mind, compared to, just in my mind, it doesn't compare it to uh, Fenway. So that's your number one. Answer? Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. So far, where I've been, I think uh, you just you know walking into Fenway it just has a feel and. You know, like the walls are very high. It almost kind of has like a gladiator feel. You know, it's just, it's very, it's got a good feel to it.